Thank you for tuning in today. I pray that today's message will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on our app. We're starting a new series, Happily Ever After. Today, Pastors Dwayne and Jeannie will teach us the basics of marriage according to the truth of God's Word. During this series, be sure to check out our YouTube channel where we will be posting some great exclusive content about marriage and relationships. Now, the message today, uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking a lot to married people. We're going to be talking to single people as well. Got some stuff for singles, some stuff for married people. But it looks like you want to start. I just want to arrange furniture. Rearrange it's the furniture. It's a womanly thing. It's not quite in the center. Oh, is, oh okay. How many of you guys have that at home? You, know, you, you come in and everything's not where it was. And it's, uh, okay. There, that's all nice. right. Okay. So, all right. Uh, we're going to just start again with 1 Corinthians 7, verse 28, which says, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Um, I, I'd, I've never met somebody who's been married and not had any troubles. Now, here's the deal. People think, well, they, if, if I just marry the right person, I, I won't have any trouble. Well, that is not true. Because uh, you, we have two different people. We have two different genders. We have two different families, really, that are coming together to become one. And there's just going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to work out. So literally, people that have great marriages, it's not that they didn't have any troubles, but they learned how to resolve those troubles and how to submit to each other. Okay. So can I just say, like, just a little bit more? Okay. So... Wrong spot. Yeah, yeah, you, you can figure this out. This is not scripted. Okay. So... All right. So, so what, what we want to do is this. What we want to share with you, now, these are not going to be like, oh, what an earth-shattering truth. How many of you know, even a professional golfer, a professional NBA player, they get a coach, and they keep taking them back to the basics. It's the basics. Listen, huge doors swing on little hinges, and there are little things that can make just a huge, huge difference in your marriage. So really what we're wanting to God to do today is we're wanting him to touch your heart. Help us in our attitude, in our understanding, and, and hopefully uh, pick up uh, some skills. You know, put something in your toolbox that's going to help your marriage become better than what it has been. Okay, go ahead. Okay, and what had just occurred to me was a thought for singles, because he mentions that, you know, it's not a matter of just marrying the perfect person, and it's going to keep you in a marriage without any problems. Well, we've observed, and maybe you've observed a lot of different marriages, and the ones, you need to pay attention with the ones with the best marriages. And, um, like, I have a cousin and her husband that we were talking about marriage one time, and she said, you know, we just don't, we just agree on everything. And he said that too. We don't have so many bumps. And I was asking my mom, I said, well, what were the big issues you had to learn and get through when you first got married? And she's like, well, I don't think we had a lot. And here's why. These couples that don't have huge amount of struggles, they come from homes where they were raised with the same values, 
with the same, like my mom and dad, they were both uh, farming, they were farming families. Um, they had this, they, they went to the same church. They had just the same perspectives and values. And so um, that does make a lot less issues to have to come together and find out what ours was. The best thing that happened to Dwayne and I, which not, it wasn't the easiest, the very best thing was that we got unplugged from both of our families and we moved across the border to Mexico where we didn't speak the language and we had to learn how to speak each other's language. <laughs> we were kind of forced into yeah. um, dealing with some issues and getting to know each other. But I just want to share that because... You can look for someone who is, um, has the same values, um, you know, not just, she looks good to me, oh, he makes me feel good, and so we're going to be wonderfully married forever, um, but get to know, like, what direction are they headed? Are they only going to church because you're there at church? If, if left alone, do their feet... Um, tend to go to the world or to the word? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are they strong? Anyway, that's okay. for another day. Okay. So we're going to share some <laughs> of the stuff that helped us. And by the way, honey, with your, with your folks, I mean, your dad was one of 14. Your mom was one of 12? I think it was something. No, like. that's your mom. That's my mom was one of 12. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> there were no televisions five. back then, by the way. You know, there was no screen time. Okay. But... Uh, one of the place. things that um, can, can be difficult in a marriage, well, it is one of the key things, is our selfishness. But when you're, when you're brought up in a larger family, you're used to sacrificing. You're That's used true. to putting other people first. All right. So 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Husbands, likewise dwell with them, that's your wife, with understanding or with knowledge, giving honor to the weaker vessel, in, oh, oh, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, the, the apostle here tells husbands that you need to dwell with your wife with understanding or knowledge. Right? And it actually means to understand women. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody says that there's two That's ways good. to understand a woman, and no one knows either one. <laughs> Years ago, we had a guest speaker, and uh, she wrote, a, she had a book, and she, she brought a case of them, all right? And the book was about this thick. And the title of the book was What Men Know About Women. And she got up in front of the whole church. Some of you will remember this. And she says, yes, this book, Pastor, gave me advice on this book. And he helped me write this book. And every page was blank. <laughs> yeah, but, but the Bible tells us, men, <laughs> that we need to understand women. All right? You need to understand your wife. You need to understand her needs. And, and likewise, a woman needs to understand her husband's needs. Mm-hmm. Right? Um. One of the, in fact, the number one need of any man is honor. That's his number one need, is honor. I remember when the kids were, our boys, we have three boys and then a daughter. Uh, As the boys were growing up, and and Jeannie just got really frustrated with the boys. 
And, and she says, I just don't get it. And, and I said, well, look at it like this. They are little men. And you tell them to do something. And then you go and you show them exactly how you want it done. But what they want to do is they want to go and solve the problem and do it themselves. And then have you say, oh, wow, you're awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and big boys are just like little boys. They still want it. They still want to hear the same thing. So literally, I mean, the Bible tells the wife, see, let the wife see that she honors her husband. Because a man gravitates to the place where he's honored. If he gets the most honor at work, he will become a workaholic. If he gets the most honor on the golf course, he's going to spend all the time that he possibly can there. Because he gravitates to that place where he's honored. And so it should be at home. That's where the Bible tells the wife, see to it that you honor your husband. And this is tricky. It's the puzzle that women read this. And, and, and I said it too. I read that. And I thought that's wonderful. And when he becomes this, I will honor him. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's this um, hurdle that women have to go through is, okay, God, you want me to honor my husband. Um, how do you honor somebody who isn't always acting honorable? Um, and it seems like a puzzle there. And really, in our society right now, it's culturally approved of to dishonor everybody. Not show the president any honor, not show pastors any honor, not show dad any honor, not... I mean, you know, am I just in a different world, or do you see this too, that... That mm-hmm. dishonor is, is just a disease. And um, so we need to learn some things about honor. And I really went to the word trying to search out, you know, just what does it say about honor? And I found this instruction about honor here. And then um, I realized I could learn how to honor my husband because the Bible talks a lot about honoring God, and how do you honor God? Like you honor God with your finances. He wants to be honored with his finances. So I thought, okay, do I honor my husband with my finances, with our finances? Or do I just like, okay, I'm not going to tell him, but I am going to go spend money over here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or do I, we get to agreement on that? Anyway, so a little bit, this whole thing isn't going to be on honor, so I just want to share a few things that, about um, honor... Um, And that is dishonor being shown to you does not determine your character. Honor or dishonor does not determine your character. Many did not honor Christ, and that didn't cause him to turn into a jerk. (laughs) He didn't get the honor he deserved, but he stayed the man, the holy man, the man of God. Someone honoring you will not make you, force you to be the person you ought to be. Um, Honor doesn't make a preacher anointed, a husband successful, a woman virtuous, but it opens up hearts to give and receive the best from others. We honor God, and it opens up our heart to receive all that he is 
And, and um, so when you honor the ministry of your husband, you place a demand on the anointing that's on that calling of being your husband. And um, I just, to me, that was like, wow. So then I started writing kind of a list. And um, so dishonor hinders, honor welcomes. Honor will acknowledge their efforts and inspire improvements. But dishonor feeds dissatisfaction. It feeds complaints. Dishonor feeds resentment and nagging. Dishonor divides and separates and disconnects. And so if a woman is thinking, okay, I'm going to wait until he connects well with me, until he has improved, until he's perfect, before I show him honor, (laughs) it's like cutting his feet off and then saying, now run faster, honey. (laughs) Um. You know, we got to stop and think what we're doing. And, th- and that's why, just even if we don't understand completely, when God says to do something, we can know mm-hmm. it's because it's what will work best. It's what will be not only for their best, but for our best. And so um, one, here's a few of the ways to honor him, is to value his opinion. Um, if he has opinion about how he likes your hair, uh, don't get a mohawk and spray paint it green <laughs> unless he, that's what he wants. <laughs> um, you know, just value his opinion. Uh, trust his judgment. Build him up with your words and not put him down. Appreciate them. Appreciate each other. Speak good about them to them and also to others. Um, serve them treats like cherry crumble pie. <laughs> um, food. Even just, uh, what does he like to eat? That's huge. Does that make you feel honored, men? Yeah. When your wife fixes you something awesome to mm-hmm. eat that you like. And um, actually, this sounds goofy to some women, but you all know this is true. That big chair, it's his throne, and he likes it. <laughs> and to let him have his chair... Um, and make sure the little kids are out of it and get their toys out of it when he comes home so he sees his throne there. It's just like that's honoring. And you say, oh, what a goofy ego he has. Nope, he's just, he's just the man, he's just the king, the man of the family, and we treat him as the leader if we want to be led. If you're going to complain about, oh, he's not really leading well, well, are you treating him like a, a leader really well? And this is huge and important. And one more um, really important thing for you men. In Psalm 62, 7, it says, My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock and my refuge. Um, You need to remember, men, that God did not give you dominion over women and children, but he gave you authority and responsibility to lead them, and that's huge. Uh, And you can't lead them where you don't go. He instilled in you characteristics that enable you to serve. And the very things that make you so incredibly honorable and admirable, your strengths, your endurance, your conquering ability, your boldness, your wisdom, it can all be misdirected 
and misused to turn you into a destructive force, which he just mentioned selfishness. Selfishness is destructive, and it only deprives you of what you need and want. And you're, so we were depriving ourselves. So women, God made you to honor him, to help him, surround him, protect him, love him, adore him, to pray for him and care for him. And in doing that, it, it's just, it's such a, marriage is a wonderful thing. It builds you both up to be able to better serve one another. And it, and it makes marriage wonderful. And I have to say, this is one of the wonderful benefits of being married and not just living together, is because you're able to fully appreciate, fully be committed to each other without the... What if? What if? Yeah. What if? What if? Okay. Then we're just going to say like... Okay. Okay. Just, just like this much on this, okay? So we're, 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 ta- we're talking about a man's needs first because we want to get to the woman's need, but we really need to see the man's needs so that the man can realize what the woman's needs are. All right. Okay. Number two, all right, in marriage, what does a man need secondly? Yeah, he wants me to say it. Sex. They need it. Yeah, that's the physical, the physical consummation of their expression of their attraction okay. to each other. Yep. Very good. <laughs> Very good. And, and that okay. one of the things that really helped me appreciate and enjoy this part of the marriage was when I realized it wasn't just um, a man thing um, that, that he wanted it. When I discovered that he really wants me. I am his, and he is mine, that we, um, yeah, that I was appreciated. I wasn't just, you know, when, when you look at the world's view of, of sex, and again, that's why it's not so precious and beautiful outside of marriage, be, because it's more of a, a give me it, instead of, I want you, I want to be committed to you. I want to give to you. And actually, it says in 1 Corinthians 7, 4, it, it says um, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal right and likewise the wife to her husband. That's called giving to each other. And that, that's liberating and freeing. And then it says, um, for the wife does not have authority over his own body, her own, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband has authority over his. That means... And the word authority means delegated power or empowered because you're authorized to have responsibility. So when you give to each other, you're being responsible for each other, with each other. And anyway, to me, that was just huge. And I hope that helps someone just to recognize, you know what? I can thank God that he likes me and that he wants me. And, and quit putting yourself down and, and trying to point out to him, all, oh, I'm not very pretty. Oh, I'm getting too fat. Oh, this is, oh, my goodness. My arms look like my mom's, and I'm ugly, and, and the gray hair and this. I mean, he loves you. He likes you. Just let him be blind to all that other stuff. <laughs> Just don't point it out. He's, he's not even aware of how his chest has fallen into his drawers. And so... <laughs> 
So, so don't tell each other. Just enjoy growing old together and being beautiful in a new way together. That's right. Okay. So, with that said, very good. I don't know where that one comment came from. I know that was not in our notes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I just want to talk about two, the, the woman's top two needs. Okay. Number one is... Ch- chocolate. Oh, <laughs> it's not chocolate. Okay. Number one, non-sexual affection. That includes chocolate. It does, cho- it does include chocolate. It Absolutely. Heath bars. Oh. Yeah. He found out that I like Heath bars, and then he started, um, every once in a while when he thought I'd need it, I'd have a Heath bar on my pillow or a Heath bar. They'd, they'd appear here and there. And I decided, you know what Heath stands for? He always thinks of her. Uh-huh. H-E and then A and T-H. It stands for he, he's always, always thinking, thinking of, of her. her. Yes. Okay, so okay. non-sexual affection and conversation. Conversation. Yeah, we got to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so, so that's why I here's, what we, here's what we tend to do. We tend to think that our spouse's needs are our needs. Okay, so, so if I come home and Jeannie's over by the, the sink and she's doing a little something, cleaning something, and, and I come over and I say, how are you, honey? And, and she says, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I say, well, what's wrong? She says, nothing. And she, I say, well, what can I do? <laughs> nothing. Well, I want, what can I do? Well, you can hold me. You know? I hold her. But here's what my mind thinks. You know what she needs? (laughs) (laughs) Because it would help me. (laughs) We we tend to think that our spouse's needs are our needs. Right? But but they're not. So what what her need is for non-sexual affection. And as Jeannie constantly reminds me, yeah, but it always leads to sexual affection. <laughs> okay. And conversation. And, 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 you know, you said, yeah, but I'm just not a good talker, you know. I'm, my dad didn't talk. My grandfather didn't talk. Well, it's, it's your spouse's need, and so you need to learn. And it, it's kind of like, well, you need sex, right? She needs conversation, just like you need sex. And she, she may say, yeah, but I'm not real good at it. And you just say, learn, baby, learn. <laughs> so, so the same thing when it comes to the non-sexual affection, the same thing when it comes to conversation. And, and, I, and I know that it's true that women do speak more than men. Uh, different studies have, have come up with different numbers, but basically all the studies come up with women speak twice as many words as men in a day. They're, they're a lot more vocal. We even look at little kids. You know, the, the little girls, they've got their little doll, and they're talking to the doll, and the boy's got a truck going, <laughs> you know, just not really great with conversation, all right? But we, they've got to learn, all right? We do have to learn. And I got to add a little PS there that conversation is not just, okay, I'll listen to her. Mm-hmm. And then sit there like a bump on a log, thinking of the football game and something else. But she doesn't know this by experience. He doesn't watch football, so this is not <laughs> this is not uh, doing him. But he, 
He has been acting, he has done this before where I think he's listening and I'm pouring my heart out and he suddenly turns around and walks off. <laughs> like somewhere he had disconnected and thought I had quit talking <laughs> and he stopped listening. And, and so obviously I, we were not, that's not communication. Okay. I'm sorry. I know. I forgive you. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's go something different now. <laughs> Genesis 2, <laughs> All right. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Uh, we want to talk to single people for just a minute. Right? Uh, it says in Proverbs 18, it says, He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, so there is a process. Notice it says find. There is a process. Um, somebody said, well, I just need to find my soulmate. I just need to find that one person that God created for me. Uh, I don't want to pop your bubble, but there is not just one person that God created for you. Now, there is one type of a person, but there's not just one person. 1 Corinthians 7.39 says this. She is at liberty to marry whomsoever she desires, but only in the Lord. Okay, so she can marry whomsoever she desires, but what? Only in the Lord. So there are parameters. Number one parameter would be this. You may, may, some, may not marry somebody. If you're a believer, you can't marry somebody who's not a believer. There can't be fellowship, and the Bible talks about that. There can't be fellowship between light and darkness between Christ and the world. There's going to be no fellowship. So we, we've got to find somebody who's saved. But it's about a type of person, a person with certain qualities. They're pursuing God like you're pursuing God. God has first place in their life. Um, I know somebody has said, yeah, I'm going to marry him. I'm going to win him to Jesus. Well, there is no guarantee that you can marry them and win them to Jesus. In fact, the Bible says this, 1 Corinthians 7, 16. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? And how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? If there was just one thing that you could do, and it would guarantee that your spouse would respond to the gospel and get right with God, Paul would have said, just do this. But he says, you don't know. What, you know, you, you can do all the right things, but the other person can turn their heart away from the Lord and walk away from the Lord, even if you do everything right. So there's not one person, but there is one type of person. You need somebody that's saved. You need somebody who has a passion for God, like you have a passion for God. And uh, particularly, you know, to the single ladies, uh, I would just say this. Don't be in a hurry. To just find some guy and get married. Uh, I look in the Bible and I look at Ruth, who I think is just a great example. She was patient. She waited for Boaz. She waited for a guy, right, that loved God. She waited for a guy that was able to take care of her. He had a job. He had the financial resources, right? He treated her right. And while you're waiting for Boaz, don't settle for his relatives. Like broke ass, lion ass, 
cheating ass, dumb ass, drunk ass, good for nothing ass, lazy ass, and especially do not settle for his third cousin beating your ass. All right? You wait, you wait for your Boaz. Right? You wait. Don't settle, don't settle for less. Right? God's got a good, godly man for you. Right? Don't settle for less. Amen. Do I have time or not? Yeah, you got how many minutes do you need? Two? One? I don't know. Okay, you got it. I don't know. All right. I'm not we could say more about he, that, but we, we'll save I'm that for the, the next time we talk. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I, I wanted to throw in here from Proverbs 5, is a, um, the first few verses gives a real good kind of um, to-do list uh, for those looking for a spouse. And um, in this one, he's talking to his son, saying, Be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion. And then he goes on and he talks about the different attributes of a woman to watch out for. One is that her lips drip honey, but, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she's as bitter as wormwood and sharp as a two-edged sword. So, you know, just how does, a, and it, whether it's a girl or a boy, they talk sweet to you, and, 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 and they talk sweet to their parents, and then they turn around and, ah, oh, make fun of their parents and, and speak uh, bad. You know, how are they real polite, and then turn around and gossip and say bad thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, how do they talk about others? And then it says, her feet go down to death, her steps follow the path to Sheol. And, um, and that really pointed out the, you know, what direction are her feet going if you're not pulling her along the other way? Would she just tend to go this way when left on her own, or, or likewise hit yeah. he, the, the male. Yeah. And then she does not ponder the path of life. Her ways wander, and she does not know it. And that one really speaks of someone who makes decisions without thinking of the future consequences. Yeah. Are they making wild things now that are going to really, they're going to have, they are going to reap later. And when you find a young person that says, you know what, I'm going to make this decision today. I'll tell you an example that I thought was really um, great. Joshua was 15, 14, 15, something. And um, at that time, uh, was it long hair? Was The guys were growing long hair, long hair. And, and he, he's like, you know what, Mom, I'm not going to, It'd be kind of be fun to try it, um, but I think that the guys with long hair look sloppy and irresponsible, and I wouldn't want somebody who might want to hire me um, later to see me and think, oh, he's irresponsible. So I, he just, I thought it was like, okay, he's thinking of the future, and like, I'm going to make a choice today, you know, I'm going to, whether it's with money, whether it's with whatever choices they're making today, if I do this that would start me off on the wrong path, or that would, and um, that's just a really good thing to look for. It's improbable where it says that the, the righteous choose their friends carefully because the way of the wicked leads them astray. And the question you should always be asking if you're a single person and you're beginning to have a relationship with somebody, is this person bringing compromise into my life? Or are they leading me away from the Lord, or are they strengthening my relationship with God?
say, if this message touched your heart and you really realize you're not where you should be with God or you're not right with God, I'd like to pray a prayer with you. And I'd like to lead you in a prayer to surrender your life to Jesus and to receive the forgiveness that he has for you. Would you just bow your head and just pray these words out loud from your heart. Just make them your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again and I believe he's coming again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back and I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. I thank you. I'm forgiven. I'm a part of your family on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer from your heart, we believe that you are saved, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. Now, I wrote a book to help you keep growing spiritually. I want to send it to you absolutely free of charge. You can download that book or you can get contact us and we will get you a hard copy. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. We love you. We pray for you. And God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. And we are so excited for you. Just as Pastor said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have a copy mailed to you. Download it instantly or check out our new audiobook. You can also find all these things on our app. This book is absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is changing lives on and off the air with the help of viewers like you. When you become a partner with us, God pours out His blessings upon you, just like it says in Malachi 3.10. If you'd like to become a partner with us, we have three easy ways you can give. One, text WBF Give to 1 888 364 Give. Two, visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give. Or three, click on the giving icon in our app. We'd love to connect with you. When you scan this QR code, you can download our app, send us a prayer request, check out our weekly devotional, and most importantly, stay connected. We pray this series on marriage will help strengthen your own relationships. God bless you. We'll see you next time.